This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When I was growing up, I can't count the number of times my dad or mom said, Turn out the lights when you leave a room, or no, we are not going to turn up the heat. If you're cold, put on a sweater. Now that you're in charge of paying the bills, how much do you think about how much energy your home uses? The average American home uses roughly 10,000 kilowatt hours of electricity every year. That's according to the Energy Information Administration. That's the same amount of electricity it takes to run 67 desktop computers or 100 LED TVs constantly for 42 days straight. There are millions of dollars in Inflation Reduction Act tax incentives for you to make your home more energy efficient and for you to switch to renewable energy sources. But how to access those incentives or afford the programs at all isn't easy to figure out. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. In the second part of our series, Plugged In, How the IRA is Changing America, we take all your questions about housing. That's right after the break. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor Indochino. It's wedding season. Indochino can help you look sharp with a custom-fitted suit, tux, or dinner jacket. They offer a variety of fabric and color options. RSVP knowing you've got the perfect look all wedding season long from Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code WHITE to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Let's get right into it with our guests. Joining us from New York is Rebecca Lieber. She's a senior reporter for Vox covering climate change. Rebecca, it's great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Joining us from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ari Matusiak. He's the founder and CEO of Rewiring America. That's a nonprofit organization focused on electrifying homes, businesses, and communities. Ari was the special assistant to the president and director of private sector engagement in the Obama White House. Ari, it's great to have you on. Wonderful to be here. And joining us in studio is Lauren Urbanek. She's the director of the Clean Buildings, Climate, and Energy Program at the Natural Resources Defense Council. Lauren, thanks for being here. Great to be here. So, Rebecca, it's easy to look at the smog coming out of the tailpipes of cars or the smoke billowing out of factory towers and think about the effect it has on our environment. But you can always see the ways your house or apartment is contributing to climate change. How much of an impact does housing have on our environment? Yeah, this is a hugely overlooked area, I think, of climate pollution because our building sector accounts for about a third of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that's combining electricity, as you were talking about, but also the fossil fuels we combust in our home. So p- millions of Americans have uh, f- has natural gas-powered um, 
water heaters, he, um, laundry machines. They have gas stoves. They have millions of these mini fossil fuel plants that are generating climate pollutants. And that accounts for about 13% of U.S. emissions. So with talking about the housing sector and buildings, the major climate goal is electrifying them because by connecting homes to the grid rather than having these fossil fuel plants inside the home, you hopefully start to increase their efficiency, you reduce air pollution, and as the grid gets more renewables, you are cleaning up the homes as well. So take a plant, um, take a home that adds a solar panel, a battery, and then energy efficiency appliances, you're turning a home into an energy consumer, into potentially an energy producer. Well, there's long been political recognition of the value of renewable energy and the need to shift our homes off of fossil fuels. Here's President Jimmy Carter speaking at the White House in June 1979. This afternoon, I've arranged for this ceremony to be illuminated by solar power. And I think we've done an excellent job in utilizing that tremendous, sometimes untapped resource. Lately, as we have begun to see the first signs of inevitable shortages of fossil fuels, our country has been disconcerted, sometimes discouraged. Some few Americans have almost reached a state of panic. Now, this speech is more than four decades old, Lauren, and we hear there President Carter talking about a shortage of fossil fuels. How much has the rhetoric from the White House changed on solar energy adoption across multiple administrations? Yeah, so, you know, solar energy is a huge part of of where we are headed in terms of of cleaning up the power grid overall. Um, And it's really the combination of clean renewable energy plus electrification and efficiency is a huge way to to really get our buildings to be net zero. And we need to address our buildings. Um, Our homes are and our buildings are where we spend 90% of our time. And getting those buildings to use fewer fossil fuels um, is a a huge component of, of really fighting climate change and making people both more comfortable um, and making their their homes and their buildings healthier um, and and lowering electricity and and energy bills as well. Ari, you worked in the Obama White House with then Vice President Biden for four years. The transition to clean energy and higher energy efficiency has been a policy issue for Biden throughout his political career. Why do you think housing is an important part of tackling the climate issue? Um. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. I mean, the way I would think about this is that 42% of our energy-related emissions come from kitchen table decisions that Americans make um, about the kinds of cars they drive, about how they heat the air and water in their homes, how they cook their food, how they dry their clothes, and where the power comes from those things. So one way to think about it is, but for caring about that and focusing on that, we cannot achieve our climate goals. Um, And uh, that is um, foundational to what has to be our climate strategy. In many respects, the Inflation Reduction Act has made residential electrification the hinge point of U.S. climate policy because of all of these incentives that you've mentioned. Um, But there's another thing about this too, which is that 
focusing on um, the emissions coming out of our homes is good for the climate, but it's good for households and communities as well. The average American household would save $3,000 a year on their energy bills if they were fully electrified. Um, And these are jobs um, to install machines that cannot be automated or offshored. So um, it's an opportunity for tackling the climate crisis. It's also an opportunity to tackle housing affordability, community resiliency, local economic development and job creation, all of those things. Lauren, how successful has the government been in getting Americans to adopt rooftop solar over the past 40 plus years? Yeah, solar has really been an incredible um, has has had an incredible growth curve, um, and and really we see that continuing. And there are actually there are tax credits available for residential uh, clean energy, solar, wind, geothermal as well. There's there's a number of different technologies that can be used in in homes and in businesses. Um, so the IRA includes a thirty percent tax credit for for these, and there's no upper limit cap on on that as well. So it is had enormous growth and, and that's set to continue as well. Well, we want to get to as many of your questions this hour about electrifying your home. We got this message from Kirby in Indiana. The big holdup for a lot of people, including ourselves, is money. We'd love an electric car. We can't afford it. We'd love to get solar. We can't afford it, so on and so forth. And we're, we'd probably be considered middle class. Um, so this individual thing is not going to cut it. We obviously need big government movement and or subsidies so that people like ourselves can change. Uh, when they want to, and I, I just don't see with inflation getting worse and so on and so forth that anybody's going to be able to do individual changes that will make any real big dent um, in our issues here. Rebecca, talk us through some of the tax incentives for homeowners who are interested in solar power or in other ways of electrifying their homes, like heat pumps. Yeah, the listener made a great point about the the conflict here of an individual problem versus wider policy. So what the IRA does is it actually um, lowers some of the upfront costs for buying into solar, buying an EV car by offering rebates. This is aimed at uh, lower income people and middle class people to lower that upfront price tag that is really steep for a lot of people. Well, and just for some context, the cost to install rooftop solar panels, for instance, ranges from sixteen dollars to $23,000, depending on what state you're in. That's according to Energy Sage, a solar energy company. Go ahead. Yeah, so the one caveat here is the rebates are not available yet. That's something that's in the works, but consumers can start to expect them to be on the market starting around early 2024. What's already available are tax credits. So that um, aims at building efficiency in the home, renovating the home. So you have a new circuit breaker and circuit panel. Um, It helps lower the cost for solar installation, battery storage. And those credits are already available as of the beginning of this year. And um, that works a little differently because it's not necessarily lowering that upfront cost, but these these credits and rebates are supposed to work together to really help consumers meet this challenge that Kirby was talking about, that it's, it can be too expensive and that this shouldn't just be an individual problem. Um, this can bring a lot of these clean energy technologies to market. Well, and Ari, briefly, people 
a lot of times you just think about solar panels, installing those on their home. But what are some other ways the IRA incentivizes energy efficiency and a transition to all electric appliances? Sure. Um, Yeah, it comes back to these kitchen table decisions. Every single one of those has an electric uh, counterpart. So rooftop solar is one. Electric cars um, are another. Replacing your furnace or your water heater with an efficient heat pump technology, replacing your cooktop with an induction stove, your dryer with a heat pump dryer. These are all ways to create um, efficient electric um, outcomes that lower bills and, and help the climate crisis along the way. Elliot emailed us, I have been saving up for solar panels and replacing appliances with more efficient electric appliances as they're needed. I replaced my gas stove with induction and gas water heater with an electric heat pump water heater. My furnace still works well and isn't super old, but as it gets closer to needing to be replaced, I'll likely opt for a heat pump for that as well. Is there a good resource for finding out what incentives are available for consumers as we make these upgrades? A clear list of incentives would be helpful and make it easier to plan these upgrades. Well, Lauren, what resources would you recommend to people who are trying to make these decisions, both in the short and long term? Yes, you know, there is a lot out there right now. And the we really are at also the, the really the beginning of, of this. Um, as Rebecca mentioned, tax credits are available right now. Um, those are accessible for any purchases that, that homeowners may make. The rebates, though, for for upgrading um, both the the efficiency and to electrify appliances and equipment, those are not yet available. Those are um, the the guidance for those for is really just come, starting to come out. So, and those will be administered by states. So it's really on a state by state basis um, of of being able to access those rebates. And what's the likely place someone would find that information in their state? Likely through a state energy office. Um, so each each state has a state energy office, um, but implementation and and what that's going to look like is going to vary state by state, and and often sh- hopefully will be in partnership with utilities and and being able to leverage many different sources of funding as well. We got this email from Charles who says, I've been looking into solar for years now, but I have yet to meet a contractor I can trust. I'm sure they're out there. So my question for your expert guests is, how can you tell if a solar or heat pump installer is trustworthy? I want to install solar panels and a heat pump, but my fear of scammers and incompetence makes me hesitate to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Ari, any advice for Charles? Sure. Well, one thing I would say is we um, we launched a calculator tool uh, to help people understand what incentives and rebates are available for them and that they will qualify for um, at rewiringamerica.org. Um, so just in terms of answering that last question about, about where people can go to easily find out what's available, um, all of the federal incentives and rebates and timing are there, and we will be adding in the state, local, and utility rebates as well for every community in the country. Um, and on uh, rewiringamerica.org, um, at homes.rewiringamerica.org, um, we actually have um, a bunch of information for uh, for households about uh, for consumers about the machines themselves, but also guides on how to pick contractors, what kinds of questions to ask, how to make sure 
that you can have confidence about the about the service provider. I mean, of course, there are reviews to consider and and other online resources along along those lines. Um, but uh, but we tried to put together in one place a set of helpful um, questions to ask and and considerations to have as you choose that um, contractor for your home. Rebecca, you joined us a couple of months ago to talk about gas stoves. Why might people want to replace a gas stove or another gas appliance if they aren't that old yet? Well, gas stoves are contributing more than just climate pollution. They also contribute to air quality issues. So we spend most of our time indoors. And when you're combusting the natural gas from your stove, you're also releasing um, pollutants, including nitrogen dioxide. Um, These are linked to concerns with asthma, especially um, for at-risk populations, which can include children. So there are a number of reasons to switch to um, electricity. So um, that usually means induction. And if the air pollution concerns doesn't doesn't sway you, um, induction can also be more efficient than the gas stove. There are other benefits like you can't burn yourself on the surface. Um, Some people love that it's easy to clean. So there are lots of benefits that people love about switching that um, isn't about climate change alone. And and is the same true for other uh, gas appliances in your home, the concern especially around air quality? Yeah, it's complicated because gas stoves specifically lack regulation about how it's vented. Most people don't have any kind of ventilation where it would take those pollutants and vent it outside. A lot of other gas appliances do have to meet higher standards for ventilation. But even if you are venting that pollution outside, the problem is it's not just disappearing. It's contributing to air quality concerns outdoors, too. And we actually find in recent studies that gas appliances are contributing contributing a higher amount than we would expect to city pollution. So whether it's indoors or outside, it's still a concern. Well, Dan emailed us from Georgia. We no longer burn firewood. We have solar panels, two electric cars, and a heat pump. We have six grandkids, and we hoped for a livable world for them and are trying to do our part. Marcus also emailed us. We built our home in 2020. We took advantage of incentives from the federal government to install solar panels on our home. All of our utilities are electric, and since we moved in three years ago, we have never paid for electricity. We couldn't be happier with our decisions. We'll hear more of your stories and more from our guests right after a short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit bluehost.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics. With vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Made in Cookware. Did you know that many popular dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in Made in Cookware? 
Their carbon steel cookware combines the best of cast iron and stainless clad, gets super hot, and is tough enough for grills or open flames. Remember what great dishes on menus worldwide have in common. They're maiden, maiden. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit maidencookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to note that the Inflation Reduction Act set aside $27 billion. That's specifically for a financing program called the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund. It's housed at the Environmental Protection Agency. When I recently spoke with Jahi Wise, the fund's acting director, about how the fund works, and you can find that conversation at the 1A.org. Now back to energy and our homes. Ari, another focus for the IRA is making the home you have just use less energy overall. Even if they're not ready for some of these big changes, what are some ways people can make their homes more energy efficient? Sure. Um, There are uh, tax credits and rebates, as were mentioned earlier, for weatherizing your home, for putting in insulation um, to uh, to seal it more tightly so that it consumes less energy. Um, the other thing is just to for listeners to kind of be thinking about is that these efficient electric machines, and and I've heard it now in a couple of the uh, notes that you've received. People are making decisions about um, about replacing things that they already have, um, and efficient electric machines are three to four times more efficient than their fossil fuel counterparts, um, and so that means that they just use a significantly less amount of energy as a result. Um, and so, when you're starting to think about um, about energy efficiency, it turns out that electrification is the is the most powerful way to create energy efficiency in the home. Um, and the approach that households can take is really just one at a time. Um, your furnace is going to go out. It's an opportunity to think about a heat pump. Your water heater is is getting old and, and needs to be replaced. The same thing. Um, it doesn't have to be some sort of major rehab of your home or um, all-at-once effort. It can just be as you would normally replace appliances um, when when the time comes. We got this email from Liz who says, I'm a school teacher maintaining a home on one salary. I used my husband's life insurance to put in geothermal heating cooling and would love to add solar to my home. Unfortunately, the quotes I got for adding solar panels to my home were far above what I could afford. How does a tax credit work? Lauren, walk us through that process. Yeah, so a tax credit... um is you know it has its its pros and cons. Um, one of the the major pros of a tax credit is it's available for the the next ten years, um, and there's no overall cap on. So as many Americans that that can qualify for a tax credit um, are able to to access it. Um, they are not necessarily accessible to everyone, though, and that's where the the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, really uses a number of tools to reach homeowners um, and and renters as well of of all income levels. Um, 
the homeowner is still responsible for the up, upfront cost of an upgrade, but then um, – and they also would only qualify if they do have tax liability, which is not everyone in, in the country. But then the, the tax credit then is um, filed as part when you, when you file federal income taxes. Um, but, you know, the, the listener makes a really great point that some of these upgrades are quite expensive. And low and moderate households are about 43% of, of American households. And we can't leave those folks behind either. And the Inflation Reduction Act does a really good job um, of making sure that that about at least 40% of the, the benefits and the funding um, are dedicated to serving households that have historically been left behind. So just to be clear, if you want to take advantage of the tax incentives, you pay for the upfront cost of whatever adjustment you're making to your home. Then when you file your taxes, if you owe the government money, (laughs) at that point, you may be able to write off some of the cost of those upgrades. Yeah, that's right for the the tax incentives. Now for the rebates, which there are rebates for efficiency measures, for electrification. Um, there's also a number of other programs that, that will go to state and local governments that will eventually um, trickle down to, to homeowners and business owners. Those are in the form of rebates and grants, which will reduce the upfront cost. So the exciting part about this is that many of these pieces can and will be able to be braided together so that a homeowner or a business owner um, should be able to access multiple streams of of funding, really making these improvements accessible. Rebecca, we have to acknowledge that roughly 36% of Americans rent their homes. That's according to data collected by the Pew Research Center and Experian Credit. How does the IRA assist the more than 120 million American households that are renting? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up because the IRA does a lot more for homeowners than for renters, which face a unique set of problems. One is that the renter has a different kind of incentive than landlords. Um, Renters might want to electrify their homes to lower their energy bills if they are paying their utilities, but they don't have any reason um, to invest in the future of that home. So expensive renovations and um, make no sense. But the IRA's incentives largely target um, homeowners because they're talking about tax liability. They're talking about permanent renovations. So some of the ways that renters can think about this is, is um, one is looking for kind of renter-friendly models of some of the technologies we're talking about. There, one example is a heat pump. So um, rather than thinking about a renovation, looking for a model that installs in the window like an AC unit that can be plugged in and something you can even take with you when you move. This is an area that is pretty new and we're likely to see more products come online um, and see how they are uh, eligible for these rebates. But um, it is very early on to see how the renter will take advantage One other way that I think renters can benefit from the IRA is is also in making landlords um, aware of what kind of incentives that the building would be eligible for. There are some tax credits that target multifamily units, and even renter advocacy can make a difference in 
convincing a landlord that already needs to make these upgrades to switch to more energy efficiency appliances. Well, that takes us to this email we got from Princess Small, who says, I'm prohibited from solar programs because I have a townhouse. How do our needs for more multifamily housing complicate this topic? As population density continues to increase in cities across the U.S., urban planners argue we'll need more housing density. But as we've said, the incentives for solar options are much easier to access as a homeowner than as a renter. Ari, does the Biden administration's plan to increase the solar market target the condominiums and apartment complexes that'll need to be developed in the coming decade? Great question. Um, Certainly, um, there are many multifamily buildings, condominiums, um, and the like that have um, enough surface area on the roof to um, accommodate um, rooftop solar installations and to help support the um, the the electricity needs in the in that in that building. Um, but in addition to that, there are a number of provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act, in particular, tie, that are um, aimed at what are called community solar projects. And the way to think about that is a solar array um, uh, somewhere else in town. Um, in a field, on a farm, um, in a you know, on top of a parking garage, um, that the community, that ho- homes in the community are tapped into for their power, um, and there is there are a lot of incentives um, in the Inflation Reduction Act to spur the development of these community solar projects, and community solar is going to be a big part of the overall strategy for helping um, households access renewable renewable electricity and power. Well, there are also plenty of houses and apartments that have older wiring that just can't support a quick switch to electric appliances. What does the IRA do to help people rewire their homes, Lauren? Yes, there are incentives available um, to help actually with the upgrades to the the electrical wiring, to the electrical panel as well, because those, those do take some some upgrades to achieve in in many of the older homes as well. And you know, I will say as well that um this the, the need to electrify does come with costs, but we know how to do it. Um and that's that's really I think a very positive and and hopeful piece of of upgrading our buildings is that we're relying on technology that we know that is proven that is in use um and it's it's really a matter of doing it and the the IRA rebates help to to make it possible. Rebecca, what challenges has the Biden administration faced in building awareness about the IRA and the and the various incentives it offers to consumers? A few recent polls have come out showing that public awareness of the Inflation Reduction Act is quite low. Um, I think just about a third of Americans know anything at all about it. So the Biden administration faces some real challenges in getting word out because it, of course, depends on consumers as well to take up these rebates and tax credits in order for the IRA to be a success. So this is a big challenge ahead for the coming year. Um, but um, the the Basically, a lot of these incentives that do target consumers aren't yet available. So the Biden administration has some time, but it's really important that consumers become more aware, if not 
of the Inflation Reduction Act by name, that they're aware that these tax credits and rebates are available to them. We got this tweet from Bob who says, will rebates have any retroactive features? Once the rebates are available in each state, would a consumer purchasing a heat pump appliance prior to the rebates becoming available be able to get a cashback or rebate. Lauren, do we know that? We don't really know that yet. Um, we do know that that tax incentives are available now, but because the, the program design is really going to be up to states, um, I would say it's probably unlikely that it will, most of these, most of the time are not retroactive, um, but definitely would, would encourage the, the listener to look into the tax incentives. We should also mention that equity remains a huge issue within the solar market. Uh, The Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory analyzed nearly 3 million households with solar through 2021 and found the median household income was $110,000. So these rebates may make home upgrades more accessible for low and middle income households. But Rebecca, why is it taking so long to get that part of the IRA up and running? Well, the IRA has various programs specifically targeting environmental justice, um, pollution in in legacy communities, um, and uh, low-income people who have traditionally been shut out of this clean energy transition. So um, there is a lot to consider in just what what is an environmental justice community, how do you define it. Um, So this is all part of the implementation process of why things have been taking some time. Um, the, another big piece of what, what will help, um, communities that have, um, traditionally been disadvantaged are things like rebates, are these block grant programs like you were just talking about to reduce pollution. And those have taken more time as we've been talking about to get up and running. So I think the, the biggest benefits are still yet to come. Let's go back to our voicemail box. Speaking about solar panels, we try to put solar panels up in our HOA, prevented us. Laws need to be put into place that allow homeowners to put solar panels up if they choose to, versus having HOAs and local governments prevent them from doing so. What options, Ari, do residents in an HOA have if their board bans them from installing solar? Well, that's a great question. I think there are HOAs are, of course, they have their own governance um, charters and and um, responsibilities, and sometimes there are there are these exact examples of of HOAs sort of not allowing people to move forward. Um, I think the where where I sort of see this going though is really more in the vein of people voting with their with the with their feet and with the trends. Um, because the reality is that inside of that HOA itself, um, even if today the um, uh, there is an alignment about about going forward, um, everybody in that HOA is um, uh, moving toward an electric future. Their cars are going to slowly become electric. Their furnaces and water heaters are slowly going to become heat pumps. And the more things people electrify, the more it makes sense to do everything else. And so... Um, uh, over time, I think what we'll start to see is even in places where there is um, opposition, that that starts to fade away as, as, as people realize that actually what they're doing is living an electric life. I want to quickly get to this email from Ken who says, since labor costs are a large portion of installing rooftop solar, are there or will there be rebates or tax credits for homeowners to purchase equipment and install 
it themselves. Is that an option? That's a really good question. Um, You know, most of the incentives that we're talking about, um, really, you know, installing a heat pump, installing solar panels, that's really best left up to to the experts who who understand how to install these things with with really high quality as well, because a heat pump is going to function much better, you know, with with quality installation. So, um, you know, at this point, it, it really is. Um, I haven't heard of of much in terms of the the do it yourself side of things. Um, but you know, with with these with access to these incentives, it does make um, those those costs significantly more reasonable. Ari, I want to leave you with the last word. Many of our listeners may be interested in electrifying their homes. What resources are available to them to get that process started? What's what's the first thing they should do? Well, if they can act, they can come to rewiringamerica.org, access our calculator tool to find out what incentives are available for them and learn a bunch about uh, these different machines and options at homes.rewiringamerica.org. Um, to help them pl- plot their path to an electric future. And uh, the thing I would just say is, is, is just to repeat that it's, it's one step at a time. It's about finding people uh, where they are and helping them make decisions as they make them um, and getting them to those better electric machines that save them money and deliver better comfort uh, for their families. That's Ari Matusiak. He's the founder and CEO of Rewiring America, a nonprofit organization focused on electrifying homes, businesses, and communities. Also with us, Lauren Urbanek. She's the director of the Clean Buildings, Climate, and Energy Program at the Natural Resources Defense Council, and Rebecca Lieber, a senior reporter for Vox covering climate change. Lauren, Ari, Rebecca, thanks to you all. Today's show was produced by Chris Remington and edited by Matthew Simonson. Amanda Williams edits our Plugged In series. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Keep sending us those questions. We'll talk more soon. This is 1A. This message comes from NPR sponsor Linda Mood Bell. Linda Mood Bell Summer Instruction for Reading, Comprehension, and Math can help students catch up or get ahead. Summer Instruction is designed to help children feel more confident, prepared, and excited about learning and school in the fall. Linda Mood Bell's evidence based approach is individualized for all types of students with challenges that affect learning, including dyslexia. Learn more at lindamoodbell.com/slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stearns & Foster. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted for irresistible comfort with indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for your most comfortable sleep. Learn more at StearnsAndFoster.com. Hello, I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr. Join me each week on In Black America as we profile current and historically significant figures whose stories help illuminate life in Black America. You don't want to miss the conversation. KUT Radio and In Black America are members of the NPR Network. Thanks for listening to In Black America.